Everyone and welcome to the show. This is Rico, and this is Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast 181 for July the sixth, two thousand and eight. Uh, thanks to Metron 07 from the forums, also known as Rob from Orlando, for sending in that cool little Wally intro there that you heard. I uh, I've heard great stuff about that movie. It's playing at a a smaller local theater, of course. Uh, it's also playing in a lot of big theaters right now. But I really got to go see. I'm going to try to go out this week and see it uh, sometime. It's really been getting some great reviews. My younger son saw it the other night, and he loved it. He would, uh, he was ready to go back and see it again. So, uh, Wall-E seems to be another hit for uh, Pixar. Uh, I'll definitely be checking that out soon and let you know what I think. But on today's podcast and show, we are going to be looking at something a little different. I'm wanting to get back and do another Star Wars-related show, and uh, there's been some talk uh, on uh, Brian on the forums and a few other people have been talking about the Star Wars radio dramas, which I'm a huge fan of. Uh, of course, I'm a big Star Wars fan as well as Trek and other sci-fi. And uh, the, the Star Wars radio dramas, I won't talk too much right now, but if, you, if you're not familiar with them, I'm going to be playing a lot of clips and going through them and talk a little bit about them. And I think uh, after you listen to this podcast, if you weren't really a or if you were one of those people that somehow didn't know about them or didn't um, know what they were really like, I think you'll be running out and buying them after you listen to this. So uh, that's coming up on the podcast. That will be the main topic. going to try to slide a collectible in towards the end, uh, some other news and general information. And, hey, let's get rolling. folks welcome to uh this week's podcast uh, edition uh, podcast edition what does that mean uh this week's treks in sci-fi uh this is rico as always uh coming to you sort of live from michigan uh where summertime and the fourth of july have passed and i've got a cold again believe it or not i don't know what's going on with me uh and uh i was talking to a few people and you know, somebody's saying, is it just allergies? And I'm like, no, this isn't that. I, I don't really have allergies. But for some reason, the last couple of days, I got all 
kind of stuffed up again, sore throat, and uh, of course on my nice long uh, holiday weekend, uh, but I'm marching on and the show must go on for the podcast. Actually, I don't feel that bad right now. I took a pill uh, a couple hours back and it seems to have cleared my head a little bit. I'll probably still sound a little more nasally. I apologize for that. Uh, but we will uh, continue on with the show, which, uh, uh, you know, it always makes me feel better to do these shows anyway. And I think your mood kind of sets your uh, your health a little bit, too. And I don't know, maybe work and uh, and everything has been sort of stressing me out a bit. The wife was gone for a couple of weeks uh, over in Europe, and it's been kind of crazy and hectic the last couple of weeks. So I'm, I'm kind of attributing uh, my illness on all that. And at least that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Rico has the best sci-fi and Star Trek information on the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Okay, let's go over some news and things uh, a little bit. Uh, of course, a, a big bit of Star Trek news that came out this past week was that the Star Trek, uh, the experience out in Las Vegas, you know, that big uh, thing at the, uh, I think it's the Hilton Hotel out there. I'm pretty sure I haven't been to it, so, but it is closing uh, as of September 1st. 2008. Actually, I'm not sure if it's open that day, but uh, it is going to close its doors. Uh, no more uh, Star Trek The Experience. And gosh, I, I, I'm i kind of disappointed. I, I really thought they were going to keep it going at least through next year, through the movie year and all that. Of course, they're doing that Star Trek tour thing that uh, hasn't really been touring a lot. I think it moved cities once now, uh, but that's going on. But the Star Trek Experience uh, with those cool, uh, you know, neat models they have hanging there i've seen a lot of photos a lot of people on the forums and everything have been there and it just sounds like a really great time and a great place to visit for a star trek fan it'll be closing its doors uh uh in just another uh i don't know month and a half or so almost two months uh there of course is the big august star trek con in mid-august in vegas and i am sure that tons of fans are going to be visiting the experience for the last time maybe for the first time for some of them and the last time uh, when they go to that con, I, I I was toying with that idea of going. I don't know. I'm still thinking I, I could maybe do a long weekend and get over to Vegas before it closes its doors, but we'll see how that works out. Uh, but that's sad, and uh, I, I wish it would have stayed at least for another year going through the movie uh, year next uh, May. And uh, on another uh, Star Trek-related story front, uh, it appears that this uh, coming San Diego Comic-Con, which I believe is uh, just in a few weeks at the end of July, isn't going to have really any big Star Trek movie presence there. Uh, some of the people working on the movie, J.J. Abrams, uh, Damon Lindelof, uh, Brian Burke, Robert Orkey, and Alex Kurtzman are the writers. They're going to be there uh, kind of touting and talking about other projects uh, like Fox's Fringe and uh, DreamWorks Eagle Eye and Lost and things and, and a little bit on Heroes. But uh, probably uh, Zachary Quinto will be there. But there isn't going to be a real big uh, Paramount Star Trek uh, 2009 movie presence, which is a little bit surprising to me. I know the movie's less than a year off, and this will be you know the last San Diego Comic-Con, at least, before the movie. Uh, I know they're in the midst of editing and things like that of the film, but I'm really kind of, you know, for the people that go to the Comic-Con, and I know that we've got uh, Kenny on the forums and others that go there, it's kind of disappointing again. Uh, it would have been nice if they would have put together something I'm not really sure what their decisions, uh, you know, how they make these decisions, but uh, uh, it's it's really surprising to me, I guess. It's, this is a big, uh, I know it's 10 months off, so maybe they thought promoting it now wouldn't really do them much good. I'm sure if it would have been coming out in Christmas, like was the original uh, release date, they would have had a huge uh, presence here at San Diego Comic-Con. So maybe that's why maybe they feel it's too far off to really 
push it that hard. So, uh, you know, but a little panel, maybe some posters or buttons out there would have been okay. Hey, Paramount, you know, what were you thinking? I don't know. And uh, I just wanted to throw out a little uh, reminder. You know, they still are showing the remastered Star Trek episodes uh, weekly, (coughs) excuse me, in most uh, cities around uh, the United States, at least. I believe Canada gets them and things. I think they're, uh, let's see, they just showed the Savage Curtain, I believe that was last week. Uh, Upcoming uh, in the next uh, week will be the Omega Glory, which is a repeat of one they've done before. But there's a couple of cool shots in that. You know, you see two starships together, uh, things uh, things like that. So these uh, remastered episodes still showing. Check out your uh, local listings for Star Trek in your area. And, of course, they, uh, they are putting out the second season of these on just plain old, uh, yeah, yellow, uh, you know, vanilla, <laughs> yellow paper. I don't know what I was trying to say. Uh, plain vanilla DVD in August is the second season will be coming out uh, but I refuse. I'm not buying those until they come out in some high-def format. Of course, it'll be Blu-ray at some point. And I'm still guessing all three seasons may be packaged into a Blu-ray set. Nothing confirmed, but I could see that happening sometime in the future. Okay, we're going to switch gears here for a second, uh, skip off uh, from the news topic, and go into uh, doing another uh, sci-fi uh, or slash fantasy uh, theme song from television. Haven't done one of these. Well, I didn't. I think I missed last week, but... Uh, this show that I'm going to do uh, this week it has a really cool kind of rockish uh, opening song. This is a, a TV show that's airing currently on the CW, uh, coming back next season for, I think it's, uh, gosh, season eight. Uh, something, uh, a show that I've really enjoyed and has some very cool music, not just the theme, but throughout the whole series. They've put some uh, great music, and, uh, well, here's the theme. That's the theme to the TV show Smallville, uh, done by Remy Zero. It is uh, called Save Me, I think. Yeah, that's the name of it. And it's really cool song. Uh, and Smallville, I know there's a lot of detractors out there, people who say, hey, they're changing Superman's origins too much. But, man, it, it's a fun show. They've had some up and downs over the years, but I have to hand it to them. It's a great cast. And they come up with some very interesting stories, and and it's just a lot of fun to watch. And and like I said earlier, it has some great music. So there's a theme song to Smallville. (laughs) What am I sad about? I am sad because Battlestar is on hiatus. I didn't know that they were going to do this. I did. I didn't know it was going to be, what, six months? Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. It's not warm when she's away. That's ridiculous. I knew it was going to be very long time. Ridiculous. Well, I guess they have to do what they have to do, but it's still not fair. Wonder this time when she's gone. Wonder if she's gone to stay. I want Battlestar now. So have they made the episodes? They just haven't 
put they them made on them air. All. So everything's ready. Yes. They're just doing this to us just for fun, for giggles. But it's kind of like savoring your ice cream instead of polishing it off and getting care. brain freeze. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I understand your metaphor, but I still don't care. <laughs> You're the brain freeze person. Yeah, I just I just dive right in. When you're not listening to Treks and Sci-Fi and our friend Rico, please listen to the Anomaly Podcast. You can find us online at anomalypodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Yes, that's Jen and Angela there from the Anomaly Podcast. Like they said, over at anomalypodcast.com. Great uh, show. And obviously they're missing uh, Battlestar Galactica as much as I am and as much as all the other geeks out there. You know, they just got really rolling into it, and and slam, it just ended. You know, they get to, uh, well, I'm not going to say that, but, (laughs) you know, they end kind of in a big, big cliffhanger, really, in a way. I mean, something major happened in the last episode, and now it's just gone until uh, 2009, it looks like. And, you know, Jen and Angelus mentioned in their clip there that these episodes are all sitting all done, and I'm not positive about all that they i thought that they were still working on some of the final ones not really filming but you know final post and things but yeah they're basically done and i don't think they needed to hold them off until 2009 and i'm not really sure which side of the argument i'm on the brain freeze side or on the you know you know suck it all down and and and, uh and then uh just uh i think i'm somewhere in between i would have been okay with a little bit of a delay a couple of months at most maybe have them come back in september after the summertime but it, you know coming back in january or february of 2009 or whenever it ends up being is just too long in my opinion that's ridiculous uh sci-fi channel uh, i don't know if anybody listens uh, to this show from the sci-fi channel but if you are listening that's a big mistake you really built up momentum it's okay to take a little break for the summer you got dr who on you got eureka you've got some other things you're showing charlie jade well they kind of vanished that to the late night tv crowd but uh it, it's just um this is uh this is what kills shows i know the show's ending after the season uh this season currently anyway maybe they don't care but I mean, come on, people, you know, six months, seven months, Ah, that's just ridiculous. So there you have it, and that's my take. But, of course, I'll be there watching when it does come back. Our host, Rico, will be right back with more sci-fi goodness on Treks in Sci-Fi. Star Wars, based on characters and situations created by George Lucas. Episode 1, A Wind to Shake the Stars.
A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, there came a time of revolution, when rebels united to challenge a tyrannical empire. But most of the citizens of that vast empire of a million star systems took little notice of this tremendous conflict, at least at first. On the desert planet Tatooine, as on countless other worlds, life goes on while great events are shaping the future of a galaxy. Here, amid the endless sands and the dune seas, the hostile wastes and barren lands, human beings struggle and endure. And here, too, men and women laugh and cry, hope and dream. <laughs> So don't just dream about applying for the Academy. Make it come true. You can find a career in space. Exploration, Starfleet, or merchant service. Choose from navigation, engineering, space medicine, contact liaison, and more. If you have the right stuff to take on the universe and standardized examination scores and meet requirements, dispatch your application to... Screening Office, care of the Commandant, Imperial Space Academy, your sector, and join the ranks of the proud. Oh, uh, I'm out here in the tech dome, Wendy. Hey, Skywalker, come on. Everyone's over at the power station. We're going out to Beggar's Canyon. Uh, my hopper's acting up. Something's wrong with her thrust bias, so I'm going to ride with you. Sure. How'd you get here? Uh, my folks came over in the land speeder to see your uncle and aunt, and I hitched a ride. Oh. <laughs> what are you acting so guilty about? Huh? Oh, nothing, nothing. Uh-huh. Come on, let's see that tape, hey, Skywalker. Will you come on? Give me that. Come on, Cut it out, Wendy. Aha! Applicants information packet. Imperial Space Academy. Will you stop? <laughs> You're still seeing Novus, huh, Luke? <laughs> Looks like this tape's been played a few thousand times. Give it back. The great Luke Skywalker, hero of the universe. <laughs> when are you gonna grow up, Luke? You're a farm boy just like me. Hand it over, Wendy, or I'll take it. Okay, here. <laughs> Take it. What are you getting so touchy about? Come on, come on. Get your skyhopper going. I'll roll back the dome. Why'd your folks come over anyway? Oh, to talk about the moisture harvest, complain about crop prices. Who cares? I guess it's a mercy visit, you know? Yeah. Aunt Beru's always eager for company. Even Uncle Owen is. <laughs> but he'd never admit it. Well, get in, Wendy. Time's wasting. I don't expect to have another whole free day till the moisture harvest is in. smooth, Luke. Yeah, I worked on her all day yesterday. Well, listen, if you're planning on doing any racing, you can count me out, Skywalker. <laughs> Tatooine is no academy and you're no star pilot. Not yet, anyway. Well, I adjusted the thrust sequence for extra boost. You better hang on to your seat. Well, there, folks, you have the uh, the very first uh, part of the Star Wars radio dramatization from the first movie, uh, which at that time was still just called Star Wars. This uh, this is a great series of uh, audio dramas that they, it was produced for NPR, our National Public Radio, back. Uh, this one was first. Uh, the first movie was done in 1981. Uh, 
And so, of course, uh, you know, a little bit uh, after uh, Empire Strikes Back came out, and then the uh, Empire Strikes Back one was done in 83, and then Return of the Jedi came much later in 1996. So uh, let me give you a a little bit of background here. Excuse me. There was a... These radio serials, uh, they were made with the full cooperation, of course, of George Lucas. Uh, they, uh, they sold the rights off to KUSC. Uh, it's a public radio affiliate and alma mater of the U.S. Uh, you know, University of Southern California, where George Lucas went to. He also allowed the use of the original effects and music from the films. And as you could hear in that, uh, that clip there, it really blends together very well. And many of the, uh, well, I shouldn't say many, uh, uh, quite a few of the original uh, actors played their parts, but they also got a a variety of voices to play the other characters, which I think really fit well with the various characters and their personalities, and I'll go through those a little bit. Uh, Just to start off with... uh, the uh, the first mo- the first movie uh, the thirteen uh, sorry <laughs> getting ahead of myself a little bit the, the first one was done in the first movie in thirteen parts so they were each about a half hour long so it ends up at about six and a half hours you know compare that to like the approximate two hour movie and you can see they they really had an opportunity here to to fill in a lot of the gaps and the first one and even Empire when they did it they really expanded upon what was shown in the movie and. Uh, for example, in this one, you get a lot of background in the first one on, on Luke and his time on Tatooine and his friends and things like that that you don't really get a chance to see in the films, which is one of the great things about this uh, this radio dramatization is some of this uh, ability to give you a lot more uh, to the story. And it was uh, they were adapted by Brian Daly uh, for the radio dramatization. Uh, it was directed by John Madden, music by John Williams, like I said, sound design uh, by Ben Burtt. And they they really went all out on these, and it and it shows. These things are so great to listen to, uh, you know, on your iPod or in the car or wherever you happen to be, just at your computer. Uh, you can really uh, just see everything in your mind, and you know, part of that's just because we've all we're all so familiar with the films. But but they really uh, did a great job of picking and choosing what they wanted to kind of flesh out and tell you more about. You get a little sense of uh, Princess Leia and and her first introduction to the uh, the rebellion and why she does what she does, uh, which is going to come up here in a minute. I want to play that clip. Uh, we have uh, Anne Sachs as Princess Leia, Perry King as Han Solo, uh, Bernard Behrens, uh, is that how you say his name? He's Obi-Wan. Brock Peters is Darth Vader, another great actor with a great voice, uh, you know, in that sort of James Earl Jones kind of quality, too. He does a great job as Vader. Anthony Daniels is another original back as C-3PO. Uh, Keen Curtis is Grand Moff Tarkin in this, uh, and, and a very uh, you know various other people. Even uh, there's a guy named David Aykroyd, who's an actor I know. Uh, he's Captain Antilles, and just lots of people. Uh, there's a lot of big supporting cast people you'll know: David Alan Greer, Jerry Harden, uh, Kent Williams. Just just a whole list of uh, awesome voice people. And you know what you are. One of the things I was when I was listening to these again, preparing for the podcast, you know, Mark Hamill has has a very, you know, he he does uh, his voice is very good at doing this kind of thing, and I think this taste that he got here playing Luke uh, for these radio dramas led to do. Uh, he does a lot of voice acting now. He does a lot of cartoon work. He's been on the Batman cartoons, the various ones. He plays the Joker on those. Uh, he he really has the kind of voice that he can change and really does well. And I think doing these radio dramas, I think, really kind of 
you know, bit him and in you know that little bug bit him to do, you know, voice acting more than maybe on screen things. Uh, so uh, again, Mark Hamill plays Luke in both uh, the Star Wars drama and the Empire Strikes Back one. Hey, let's get some more clips while I, I blather on here a little bit more as we go through them. This next clip is uh, like I was saying, this is a, a Princess Leia one with Anne Sachs playing the princess. The Princess Leia Organa of the Royal House of Alderaan. Greetings, daughter. And to you, father. When you didn't come directly to the court, we worried. Tarek, you may withdraw. Dismiss my court. Yes, your majesty. Leia. <laughs> Welcome home. Oh, father. Welcome home. <laughs> we were all so worried about you. And here you show up looking like a freight hauler's assistant. <laughs> when the Tantivy landed yesterday, I expected well, you... I couldn't come straight home, father. I had some thinking to do. Well, how did you get here from the spaceport? Walked. Walked? Well, I took the old <laughs> road through the hills. Oh, the entire way? It's only a day's walk. The teal are in bloom all through the uplands. I, I wish you wouldn't go unescorted like that. I needed to. You weren't recognized? Well, I suppose I was, but at least no one fussed over me. I could only imagine how pleasant that must have been. And may a father ask why his daughter's doing all this soul-searching? Father... People on Raltir have been chased from their homes, pinned up like animals, executed without trial. Torture chambers are set up everywhere. They call them interrogation centers. The usual imperial procedure. You're lucky to get off with your life. And what conclusions have you reached? It's time Alderaan stopped resisting the Empire and started fighting it. Now, I know that runs counter to everything you believe in, Father, but I can't... Violence and warfare nearly destroyed us during the Clone Wars. Do you want to begin it all again? But we must help. What good does Alderaan's not having a single weapon do when the Emperor keeps building his armies and his Starfleet? Will you be the one to bring war to us, Leia? No. But I can't stand by while others in the Rebel Alliance are risking their lives. Will you take up arms? Are you prepared to kill? I didn't start this. The Empire did. I want only to stop it, Father. Yeah, it's a nice scene. They, uh, you know, you get, like I said, a sense more in this uh, drama about uh, the princess and why she does, you know, decides to join the rebellion. You know, there you're, she's talking to uh, her father, Bale uh, Organa on Alderaan, and just, you know, just some of the atrocities and things that she's been seeing and, and what really encourages her. And she's, uh, you know, she's she's Luke's brother. She's she's got uh, a lot of uh, strong will and. And you know between what's right and what's wrong, and and this just seems wrong to her. So she's uh, she's going to fight it. And uh, just uh, I, again, I can't say enough about how good I think the voice acting is in this series. As we go through them, I, I think you'll understand that as well. And uh, for those that have listened to these before, um, I hope you're still you know listening to the podcast and enjoying my take on it. But my idea here was to sort of maybe bring something back Star Wars related that maybe some people haven't had a chance to see, or I should say, listen to. Uh, and maybe uh, they could check out. And uh, like I said, you get a lot of background and things that you don't get to see in the movies in these uh, radio dramatizations that are all available still on CD. I'll talk about that a little bit more later. Uh, the next clip, this one, I, you know, was tricky to pick out. I, I picked three or four clips from each of the uh, of the the three movies or the three dramatizations of the movies. And uh, this next one, I tried to get the different people, the main characters' voices in in each of them, or at least you know. 
the first one you heard Luke a little, now Leia, and now you're going to get a little of uh, Han and uh, Chewie. This is a, a scene uh, where they're rescuing the princess, of course. We all know that scene well, and let's listen. Oh, Let's have a little peace and quiet. Detention here. level. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> uh, this is detention level double A two three. Everything's under control down here. Uh, situation is normal. You know. What's going on? What's happening? Uh, well, we had a, a, a slight uh, weapons malfunction, but you know everything's perfectly all right now. It's 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 we're fine. We're all fine here. Thank you. Fine. Um, how are you? We're sending a squad to your location. Oh, oh negative, negative. We, we had a, 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 a reactor leak here. Give us a few minutes to lock it down. It's large leak. Very dangerous. Who is this? What's your operating um, number? Uh, 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 good idea. <laughs> Boring conversation anyway. Let's hope the kid moves fast, Chewie. We're going to have company. Will, what do you want? Well, I... Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Huh? Oh, the uniform. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. You're... You're what? Here to rescue you. I've got your R2 unit. I'm here with Ben Kenobi. Ben Kenobi? Where is he? No time to explain. Come on. Luke, get back! The stormtroopers blew the door. We couldn't hold him. We can't get out that way. Looks like we just lost our only escape route. Maybe you prefer to stay here in your cell, your highness. I'll try and contact 3PO on the comlink. 3PO? C-3PO, do you copy? Yes, Master Luke. We've been cut off in the detention block. Is there any other way out of the cell bay? Uh, just us <laughs> What was that? I didn't copy. Artu says all systems have been alerted to your presence. The entrance to the detention block seems to be the only way in or out. All other information on your level is restricted. He says there's no other way out of here! This is some rescue! You came in here, didn't you have a plan for getting out? He's the brains in the operation, sweetheart! Well, you know... Luke, give me your blaster! Here! What are you blasting the wall for? Somebody has to save our skins! I'm open a hole in the garbage chute! Follow me, flyboy! She's crazy! But... Okay! Chewie, you're next! Get in that garbage chute, you big furry oaf! Move, I said! I don't care what you smell! Oh, you won't! Wonderful girl you dragged us after, kid. You know, I'm gonna kill her. I'm beginning to like her. Get going. Here goes. Whoa! Look out! Well, there uh, you have uh, Perry King as Han Solo, who I think does a fantastic job. Perry King uh, starred in an 80s TV show, Riptide, which I always uh, enjoyed watching. And uh, he does a great job here as uh, Han Solo and has a good interaction with uh, the princess, uh, played by Anne Sachs, throughout the uh, these, uh, these dramatizations. So what I want to do now, we're going to skip over into Empire here in a minute, but I have a... Uh, an audio clip. Uh, it's fairly long, but I want to play it all. Uh, this is from Brian. Uh, Brian on the forums is a big fan of these radio dramatizations of the Star Wars films. So, Brian, uh, let's hear your take on them. Hey, Rico, it's Brian, Brian CD on the forums. I'm very excited that you chose to do an entire podcast on the Star Wars NPR radio dramas. I had never even heard these before. Uh, you mentioned them on a podcast a while ago, and I think they were also mentioned once on the Forcecast. And I finally have gotten my hands on them and had a chance to enjoy them and listen to them. 
And I just have to say, they are truly an amazing piece of Star Wars history. It's very clear from the beginning that they are based on what was probably a, one of the later drafts of George Lucas's screenplay for A New Hope. Uh, a lot of the content and scenes and characters that didn't make it into A New Hope were actually filmed, like the scenes with Biggs and uh, Fixer and Cammy at uh, Tashi Station. Uh, but this really fleshes out so much more of Luke's backstory, as well as more of the backstory of the Empire and the state of the Empire uh, at this point of, if, of the Star Wars saga. And it was very, it's just very interesting to see how the story could have been very different. It would, it would have been a very, very different feeling to the entire story uh, had they included all this. Uh, one of the first things that jumped out at me was that the story is not told in a linear fashion. Uh, I, I think all of George Lucas's uh, Star Wars films are, are linear. I don't think they ever cut back to a scene that happens before another one or vice versa. Whereas in this, the entire first part of the, uh, of the NPR show begins with Luke on Tatooine telling basically his backstory, um, his friends and his relationship with, uh, with Wendy and Fixer and Cammy. Um, and uh, they even have an original pod race uh, uh, scene that you know, clearly was not included in A New Hope, but eventually ended its way into the uh, prequels. Um, it really does a great job of showing Luke as a, a dreamer, as an outsider. Um, he doesn't fit in well. I think the, uh, the stuff with, Aunt, with uh, Aunt Peru and Uncle Owen is hysterical because Owen is just portrayed as this, this cranky, like, curmudgeon. He's like, God, oh, get your head out of the stars and get, get to work, kid. I mean, he sounds awful. And it's just funny to hear that because it, it's played up so much to give a little bit more of the sense of, you know, he loves Luke and he's trying to protect him. And yet he's really hard on him because he doesn't want him to go down and basically follow, follow the same path his father did. And it's just great the, the way they, the characters are portrayed and, and that little extra bit of flavor you get. When Luke actually does finally see the battle going above between uh, the Devastator and the Tanti Four, um, then the, the story moves to uh, the Princess Leia's side of the story. And they go back and basically tell her backstory. Uh, the princess uh, is more of an active member of the Rebel Alliance, uh, and you get a chance to, to meet some of, the, some of the Imperials that are sort of working behind the scenes to try and, uh, try and capture her to, uh, and to, to advance their own political goals, like the character of Lord Tyon. Uh, it's interesting that Vader is more of an Imperial lackey as opposed to the right hand of the Emperor. I mean, in A New Hope, I think that is portrayed. He's sort of a Tarkin's guy as opposed to the Emperor's guy. But in this, uh, he's almost a, just a, a, a thug out there wandering the Empire doing the bidding of the Emperor, but no one seems to have a tremendous amount of respect for him. I really enjoyed the uh, scene with uh, Tyon having dinner with Leah and Bail Organa, um, and it's interesting to hear about the concept of different houses and marriages between houses. It has a very Dune feel to it, and uh, obviously George Lucas was greatly influenced by Dune, but I thought it was interesting to see that sort of playing out uh, in the radio dramas, uh, giving, again, more of a backstory to what is actually happening in the, in the Empire, what the politics of the Empire are all about at this point. Once they all get on the uh, Tanti Four, that's where the movie start. The the movie and the uh, radio drama really start to sync up, and they become more linear because at that point, uh, Leah ship's captured. There's a great that great scene with the uh, with the, 
the guy who's uh, signing work detail to the droids who keeps getting uh, C-3PO's name wrong, calling him 3CPO. Um, just little things like that really made, made the story interesting. The conversations, conversations between Leah and uh, Captain Tilly's. Um, but again, it, it really starts to pick up and sort of flow from there. There's a, tr- there's a whole lot of additional stuff in the uh, f- scenes of Moss Eisley um, after the cantina scene with the droids running around trying to hide from the Imperials and, uh, and doing all sorts of clever things. And I also really enjoyed that part of it. Han Solo certainly comes across as a much more mercenary character. He's very much a, uh, in it for himself and, uh, and a couple times really almost sells out our uh, Luke and Ben and the droids uh, for money. Um, also interesting is the that they don't have him talking to Jabba. They have him talking instead to some character named Heater, uh, who I guess is another one of the Tatooine uh, uh, thugs or uh, whatever you want to call them. And th- that that's the guy he interacts with at the Falcon, as opposed to Jabba. Um, but then in A New Hope, they do actually they did actually film the scene, and it was with a character who was supposed to be Jabba, but he doesn't appear there. There's also a great uh, a scene in the Death Star where. Tarkin is uh, being manipulated to try and take over the Death Star and challenge the rule of the Empire. And Tarkin, again, is less this, this uh, right hand of the Emperor kind of guy. He's more out for himself. He's more interested in trying to advance his own political career. And uh, it, it, it's an interesting take on that. And again, gets back into the whole politics of the Empire. Uh, the torture scene between Leah and Vader. Oh, my God. It, it, it disturbing? Yeah but really becomes kind of pornographic when you get right down to it. It's, it's troubling. I laughed out loud when I was listening to it. I know some people found it shocking and too much. I thought it was absolutely hysterical because it's just so over the top and it is so bizarre. Another nice, nice addition is the scenes on the Falcon when Ben is teaching Luke how to use the Force, how to focus the Force, how to fight with the lightsaber. At, at least it gives us a chance to say, oh, okay, well, so... That's how Luke can do what he can do so quickly. Because let's face it, in A New Hope, he doesn't get a lot of instruction. The next thing you know, in Empire, he's off with Yoda, and, and then he's fighting Vader. And it's like, boy, he, he sure advanced up the Jedi chain pretty quick. But this was nice. It gave a, a whole lot of, uh, a lot of fleshing out of how Luke was able to learn more from Ben on that trip to uh, Alderaan that, you know, on screen didn't take that much time. But this really filled in a lot of those gaps. So anyway, I don't want to go on too long, although I already have. But the story moves along uh, just like the film pretty much from that point, and uh, it's really exciting. It really really does a great job. They have to do a lot of exposition. The characters have to describe everything that's going on and all the action that's going on to keep the uh, listener involved. And you know what's surprising was how strong emotionally and how well done the final battle over the Death Star was with the X-Wings. Really well done. I, I, was, I, was, I got goosebumps listening to it. Even though I know what's going to happen, I could visualize what, was hap- what would happen in the film in my head, and yet the, hearing it the way it was portrayed in the radio drama just gave it a whole different sort of edge to it, and it was really, really excellent. So anyway, again, I'm glad you're doing these. Um, I'm, I just finished Empire the other day, and I'm listening to Jedi right now. And if I have a chance before uh, you do the podcast next week, I'll try and send my thoughts in on those. Keep up the great work, Rico. Really appreciate it. Be good, bud. Bye. Excellent, excellent discussion there, uh, Brian, on the uh, A New Hope radio dramatization, uh, Star Wars. It's it's just, yeah, it, I agree completely. It's just amazing on how much uh, extra material that they put in. And I was, I have to say, I was a little disappointed as each of the the other movies were done that they they 
more of that was cut out, especially by the time you got to Return of the Jedi. There's very little extra put in, but there is a little bit, and I'll get to that in a few minutes. Uh, but next up, uh, we're going to go to uh, The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, the uh, The first series was very successful. I wanted to also say that uh, I, I distinctly remember uh, listening each week, uh, and it was like old-time radio. I listened to uh, to both uh, A New Hope uh, or Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back on, on NPR, on National Public Radio, when they came out. Uh, again, each week they would come out. Uh, they'd be about a half hour long. I would record them off the radio and play them in my car uh, on my cassettes over and over. I, oh, gosh, I, I still have those cassettes laying around here somewhere. And now, of course, I have them all on nice on CD, uh, you know, with uh, the superior audio quality of that. But uh, it was so... It was so much fun just waiting for the new episodes to come out and what they would do and how they would change and alter things each week as they, as they came out with these. Uh, but again, I, I, I distinctly remember watching, or no, I keep saying that, sorry, uh, uh, Force of Habit for the podcast, where most of the things I discuss are, are, are watched and not listened to. But I distinctly remember listening to them each week and, and just being really excited to, uh, to hear what they, ha- they, were, what they did uh, with each episode. And so Empire Strikes Back. Uh, this one first came out on NPR in uh, February of, of 1983, so uh, we hadn't quite got to Return of the Jedi. The neat thing about this series is they they timed it out and planned it well. You know, uh, Return of the Jedi came out in May of 1983, so the Empire Strikes Back radio drama uh, series was playing on NPR the week's leading up to the release of Return of the Jedi. And for those of us, you know, Star Wars fans back then, that were, you know, so excited after seeing A New Hope, the first movie, and then uh, waiting for Empire to come out. Uh, just being able to listen to uh, to this, uh, am I confusing something all of a sudden? I am, am I? Never mind. <laughs> Ignore what I said. Empire Strikes Back came out. Uh, yeah, no, never mind. Uh, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Sorry, this cold medicine's got me all goofy and loopy here. <laughs> yes, uh, Return of the Jedi. May of 1983, Empire Strikes Back radio dramatization, February 83 to approximately April, May of that year. So, yes, everything that I just said is actually true. <laughs> Pardon me, folks. Uh, like I said, uh, you know, uh, my nose is clearer, but my brain's a little bit foggy right now. So, But we will continue on. Uh, let's play a clip. That will give me time to collect myself. So here's a clip. Uh, I think the first one is a scene between Han and Leia in the early part of the film, one of the scenes I like a lot. So here we are with Anne Sachs and Perry King back in their roles as Princess Leia and Han Solo. Well, Your Highness, I guess this is it. That's right. This is it. <laughs> well, don't get all mushy on me. So long, Princess. I'll see you around one of these days. Han, wait. Yes, your highnesses. I thought you said you had decided to stay with the rebellion. I thought you were going to help us here on Hoth. Well, that bounty hunter we ran into on Ward Mantell, it changed my mind. I've got to settle this thing with Jabba the Hutt. I'm not going to be any good to the rebellion or anyone else until I do. We need you here, Han. We need? The Rebel Alliance. Why don't you stop talking for the Alliance and talk for yourself for once? What about you, Nia? No, I guess you probably don't at that. Looks like you never will, huh? And what precisely is it that I'm supposed to know, oh source of wisdom? Come on. When are you gonna stop playing games? You want me to stay because of the way you feel about me? Yes. 
I feel that you're a great help to the Alliance. If it wasn't for you, we'd never have gotten... We both know what I'm talking about. How come it's so hard for you to admit it? Han. Huh? Has anybody ever mentioned anything to you about your ego problem? Come on. You look so pretty when you're blushing. You're imagining things. Am I, Leia? And why'd you call me back? Afraid I was gonna leave without giving you a goodbye kiss? You? Me. I'd sooner kiss a Wookiee. Well, I can arrange that, but you better move fast. Goodbye. Goodbye. You could use a good kiss. Let us all in on it, princess. Doesn't it ever get boring up there on that pedestal? Oh. Oh. So there you have some great, like I said, interaction. Uh, you know, one of the great things about Empire was the love story between uh, Han and Leia. And uh, it, it's brought out really well in this dramatization that they did for the radio for NPR. Uh, again, this uh, series, this one was uh, also written by De- Brian Daly, directed by John Madden. Uh, the narrator on all these, Ken Hiller, also does a great job. Uh, had to mention him uh, if I didn't already. Uh, the next clip here that I wanted to play for you, this one's between Luke uh, and Yoda. Uh, when he first uh, meets uh, meets up with him on Dagobah, uh, this uh, the interesting thing here is they got uh, uh, John Lithgow, the actor John Lithgow, uh, Third Rock from the Sun guy. You know, everyone knows him. He, he's playing Yoda here, and uh, which was an interesting change. But I think he does a good job. So hey, let's listen in and uh, hear how he does. place gives me the creeps, too. Oh, you're right. We could use a little supper. Hmm. Still, there's something familiar about this place. I don't know. I feel like... Feel like what, <laughs> Like we're being watched. Oh, don't shoot! Away for your blaster! Only my walking stick have I. No harm to you or the droid I mean. Listen, sneaking up on somebody's a good way to get yourself roasted, little friend. Merely curious am I. I am wondering, why are you here? Please slay me not. Oh, come on, you can get down off that log. It's just, I was looking for someone. Looking? I found someone you have, I would say. I guess, but a green gnome isn't what I had in mind. Help you, I can, stranger. Yes? I don't think so, little guy. I'm looking for a great warrior. Ah, great warrior. Wars not make one great? Ah, in time for eating have I arrived. Oh, plenty there is. Put that down. R2 and I are going to... Hey, that's my dinner. Awful it tastes. How you get so big, stranger, eating food of that kind? Listen, pal, I'm not exactly wild about survival rations either. I mean, we didn't mean to land in that mud puddle. If we get our ship out, we would, but we can't. So why don't you just run along and do whatever it is that you do? Cannot get your ship out. (laughs) What else you have in these metal boxes besides bad food, eh? I need those alone. So many useless things you carry around. Look out! You could have broken that power capsule. Ah, Yoda. That's one of my uh, favorite scenes when they first meet uh, Luke and Yoda on Dagobah. Uh, again, uh, John Lithgow is doing the voice of Yoda there. Frank Oz, of course, did uh, 
you know, the puppet work in Empire and uh, did the voice for Yoda as well. But uh, I'm not quite sure why they weren't able to get him to do the voice for the radio drama. You know, it's not real clear, at least where I could find. Uh, maybe somebody can email me at treksf at gmail.com. You know, the the differences of, of why certain characters and certain actors weren't able to be gotten for uh, for some of these parts. I would have thought Frank Oz, for example, uh, would have uh, been great to, to come back as Yoda. Although John Lithgow, I think, does a great job as well. Uh, he was probably busy with another project. He's a pretty popular director these days, too. So, uh, hey, let's continue on. Uh, the last uh, clip from Empire that I wanted to play is uh, near the end duel between Vader and Luke. Uh, here you get to see, uh, in, or again, there I go again. <laughs> here you get to listen to uh, Brock Peters as Vader uh, and Mark Hamill as uh, Luke. You can only lose. You are beaten, Skywalker. You killed Ben, and you still didn't beat him. It is useless to resist. Don't let yourself be destroyed as only one did. I won't. How do you like it? The fire of a lightsaber blade. I do not wish to damage you, but you leave me no alternative. No sword, no sword hand, no hope left for you, Skywalker. Surrender! No, no! There is no escape! Yes, there is. Luke, do not make me destroy you. You do not yet realize your importance. You've only begun to discover your powers. Get it over. Join me. I will complete your training. With our combined strength, we can end this destructive conflict and bring order to the galaxy. Your kind of order. I'll never join you. I'll die first. If only you knew the power of the dark side. I've seen it. Hatred, fear, and cruelty. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. Told me you killed my father. No, Luke. I am your father. If that's true. That's impossible. Stretch your feelings. You know what I say to be true. destroy the Emperor. He has foreseen this. Join, and together we can rule the galaxy as father and son. Please do that. Come with me, Luke. It is the only way this can end. Oh, there's another. I can jump. Is that the wisdom of a Jedi? I won't be the first to die to keep you from winning. Luke, no! I'll never let you win. Again, uh, very well done scene. A few little lines change. You'll notice when you listen to these uh, versus the uh, you know what you see on the uh, in the films, but uh, it still really fits well. I think uh, it's uh, it's real interesting stuff. A couple of things I wanted to mention about Empire Strikes Back: um, the the radio dramatization. There's a few other little scenes that they put in. If you listen to get, if you get these and listen to them, there's an imperial attack on a rebel co- uh, convoy. That's uh, you know when they're they're moving between planets. Uh, this of course is set between the film's opening scene, and there's also a nice little uh, interesting conversation between uh, Luke and Han when they're you know stranded in the in the wastelands out on Hoth there in that little 
you know, pup tent or whatever that, that Han constructs to keep them protected until they're rescued. There's a, a interesting conversation there and, you know, a few other little bits as you go. But that's uh, Empire Strikes Back. So uh, let me uh, – I'm going to play one more uh, – I've got another uh, set of comments from another uh, one of our listeners and a longtime friend of the show, Kenny from California. I'll play his take on these radio dramas, uh, and then right after that, we'll be getting into Return of the Jedi. Hey, Rico, it's Kenny from California, and I just wanted to comment on the Star Wars NPR radio dramas. I had never heard of these um, when they were released, and I just happened to come across them about a year ago, and totally love them. Uh, I love, I've listened to all three of them multiple times. Uh, to me, it's it's because when I was a kid, I uh, held the tape recorder up to the TV and recorded Star Wars, uh, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi uh, on the audio cassette. And I remember being a paper boy. I used to ride my bike from you know house to house delivering papers, and I would play those and listen to Star Wars. When I found these uh, dramas. Um, they just reminded me of my childhood. They're just so cool. What's really great about them is that they're dramas from the novel. So they have the missing scenes that never made the movie, which I found really interesting just because I was such a huge Star Wars fan. I mean, I know all those movies inside and out. And to hear, you know, what happened to Princess Leia before uh, Darth Vader got her. And uh, Luke before... Uh, the droids came and visited him and uh, just really enjoyable and if you're a Star Wars fan you have to listen to these Um, they're just fun I mean to me like I said they remind me of my childhood but I can listen to them over and over and enjoy them like it's the first time so um, I'm very excited that you are actually doing a podcast on these Rico because they are well worth it and if you haven't listened to them and you're a Star Wars fan you need to listen to them Guess that's it. Thanks, Rico. Well, thanks, Kenny, for sending that in. I completely agree. Uh, if you're a fan of Star Wars, these these things are just a must-have and a must-listen to. No no question about it. It uh, just adds so much interesting backstory. Brian Daly's writing uh, is really superb and really fleshes things out and fills them in. Uh, I also wanted to mention uh, for Empire a couple other little last things. Uh, Billy D. Williams did uh, play Lando Calrissian in that uh, radio dramatization when they did Empire. I also wanted to throw in one more little an- anecdote. Uh, I was actually, I, now it all comes back to me, of course, as I'm going through this, but I was student teaching because uh, I was first a teacher when I got out of college. I was student teaching at the time that these were on just before Return of the Jedi came out, and I, and I can still remember what I did was one of the last days of school that year, just before you know, Return of the Jedi came out, I brought in, uh, or I don't know, maybe I got a cassette recorder from the library at the school I was student teaching at. I was at a middle school, and I played this uh, half-hour last episode of the Empire Strikes Back radio dramatization for the class. And you know what? These, these kids, and they were good kids, I have to say, but middle school kids can be a little squirrely. But they were all listening very, very intently and very closely to this, and uh, it just really showed to you know to me how much radio and audio can be 
you know, can really captivate you and listen to, uh, when you listen to something, it can really draw your mind in and, and you can easily shut other things out. And I think that's one of the popularities or one of the factors that, you know, um, audible.com is doing these audio books now and they're becoming more and more popular. And I can really understand that because, uh, you know, with a good narrator and somebody reading a story, uh, it, it really can draw you in and, and it, and it makes, uh, makes for a great time and great entertainment. So, Hey, let's get on to Return of the Jedi. The first clip that I want to play here, this is an interesting one. There was, I guess, a scene filmed, I think, or little bits of it. This is one scene of of Return of the Jedi. I'm not positive how much of it was ever done. But there is a scene where Luke is building on Tatooine a new lightsaber. Of course, he lost his in Empire Strikes Back. Well, this clip uh, kind of describes that a little bit. So listen in. I don't know, R2. Maybe this can't be done. Give me the book, R2. Last try. Either I'm ready for this or I'm not. The concave surface of the focal lens must rest within a two-degree arc of... What am I doing? I've read the instructions a dozen times. And a dozen times I've failed. Always with you, it cannot be done. Master Yoda, can I forget so soon? I don't need this. R2, hand me the superconductor. And now the power cell. And the crystals. There. It's done. Try not. Do or do not. There is no try. Here it goes. So that's an interesting scene there uh, where Luke uh, is putting together his uh, saber uh, in Ben's hut there on Tatooine at the beginning of Jedi that we never really get to see on screen. And you'll notice that we have a different Luke Skywalker in this one. This is Joshua Farden, who does a good job, I think, with Luke's voice. Uh, Mark Hamill, for some reason, I think he was busy at the time, wasn't in this one. Uh, a couple of things uh, that, to note on this version or this radio dramatization. This came much later uh, than the other ones. This wasn't wasn't done until 1996, and it's only a six-part one, so it's the shortest of all of them. Uh, NPR, federal funding for them, uh, was greatly reduced, and so they really couldn't do it. But um, it wasn't, again, until 1996 that they were able to do this one uh, and was uh, helped uh, paid for by Highbridge Audio. The, the company that had released the first two series on tape and then on CD. And again, this one expands the story a bit. Uh, you get to you know hear that scene with Luke building his lightsaber. There's also a little bit of uh, uh, an appearance of a dancer in Jabba's palace who uh, is later identified in the Zahn novels as Mara Jade, who eventually marries Luke Skywalker. So that was kind of interesting. Uh, script writer uh, Brian Daly is again back for this one. Although he had he passed away, he died shortly after the recording was concluded. So there was a little bit more additional material that was contributed to this one by a guy named John Whitman. 
to change a few little details and things like that. So, uh, And you have a few other voices here, a little different than the other ones. Ari Gross, I think that's how you say his name. He plays Lando, no Billy D in this one. And Ed Asner, good old Lou Grant, is Jabba the Hutt, which is kind of funny. We, of course, have John Lithgow back as Yoda again. Brock Peters as Vader. Uh, Ed Bagley Jr. is Boba Fett. Uh, it's uh, and on on Ann Sachs is back as as Leia, Perry King, Solo, and so forth. So uh, there are some changes and some uh, differences, but again, only six episodes. So this one's only about three hours long, but it's still fun and it's still good to listen to. Let's play uh, uh, another clip for you. The next one. Let's see what I have here up. Uh, uh, this. Oh, we're gonna go um, to uh, the shuttle Tidarium. Coming up on their detection perimeter now, Han. Cue up the IFF transponder, Julie. <coughs> Stay sharp. <coughs> Imperials don't go for this code. We're going to have to get out of here. <coughs> Another Death Star. Just the sight of it has my stress compensators in flux. Steady, 3PO. Shuttlecraft, we have you on our screen now. Please identify. This is Shuttle Tidarium requesting deactivation of the deflector shield. Shuttle Tidarium, transmit the clearance code for shield passage. Transmission commencing. Hit it, Julie. <coughs> Here's where we find out if that code is worth the price we paid for it. It'll work. It'll work. Good gracious. Look at the size of that capital ship. It must be a hundred times as massive as the rest. Super Star Destroyer. Monster. Luke, what's wrong? Vader's on that ship. Now, don't get jittery, Luke. There's a lot of command ships. Keep your distance, though, Chewie. But don't look like you're keeping your distance. I don't know, fly casual. Would this trickery fall under the definition of Corvarian overdrive, General Solo? Only if it works. They're not responding. They must be passing the clearance up the chain of command. They're not going for it, Chewie. I can feel Vader's presence. I'm endangering the mission. I shouldn't have come. It's your imagination, kid. Let's, let's keep a little optimism here. Shuttle Tidarium. Deactivation of the defensive shield will commence immediately. Maintain your present course. Okay. No problem. Told you Vader wasn't around, Luke. You think he'd let us breeze in here if he was? I wonder. May we hope, General Soda, that the most perilous part of the journey is over. Well, hope away, 3PO. Of course, we have to set down without being detected, rig that generator installation to blow, and get out again before the Imperials come down on us. But outside of that, it's going to be a pleasant little walk in the woods. Oh, yes. Endor is said to be a sylvan paradise of sorts, isn't it? That would depend on your definition of paradise. That scene I kind of think I picked because, you know, it features most of the principal actors all interacting together in it, and... uh, it just uh, shows you again how well they blend the music, the the voices, the effects, all that, and, and really puts you into that scene. Uh, the next clip, and this will be the last one for Jedi, although I do have a final one I'm going to play towards the at the very end of the show. This is, of course, uh, near the end where uh, Vader and uh, Luke have just completed their uh, uh, lightsaber duel, I think, and the Emperor is is not too happy. Death Star is doomed, Palpatine, and so is your empire. Since you will not be turned, young Skywalker, you will be destroyed. Behold the naked energies of the dark side. The lightning of pure willpower. Now, feel its
Yes, my master. When I slain this last Jedi, cast his body down the core shaft. No! Yes! Your people still are no match for the power of the dark side. You now pay the price for your lack of victory. That's a great, uh, great dramatization of a very visual scene. You know, they had to throw in some words there and some things that weren't said in the film, uh, but I think it fits very well. I really like uh, the fact that Vader, you know, says your your Vader's master, but not uh, not Anakin Skywalker's master. You know, it really shows the change that that Luke was able to bring him back to the to the light side, to the good side of the Force. At the end, you know, his his son in trouble like that. He wasn't going to allow the Emperor to kill Luke. So really good stuff. Paul Hecht there is the Emperor. And uh, and again, Brock Peters is uh, Darth Vader and then becomes, again, Anakin Skywalker. So there's the dramas. I've got a couple little last things to play. I, I've got a clip uh, near the uh, end credits and near the end of Jedi that I want to play. But I'm going to leave that to the very end of the show, kind of sign off with that. I thought that would be kind of fun. Uh, and I also have one more little short clip uh, from Brian about, uh, I think this is still also about the New Hope uh, that I'm going to play here in a second. But, uh, you know, these radio dramas, really good, uh, great stuff to listen to. And, again, anytime, place. Amazon.com has a couple different versions and sets of these on CD. I'll put some links in the podcast notes. And, uh, hey, check them out. Uh, you won't be disappointed for sure. And you probably can just buy them on iTunes. I didn't check yet, but check that out if, you, if you'd like to buy them and and test out one or two. But I highly, highly recommend to just get the whole box set. That's what I have. That's what I record all those clips off of, the box CD set of all all three movies done uh, for uh, the radio dramas of Star Wars. So here's Brian with one more little bit on uh, the A New Hope uh, version of the radio dramas, and then I'll be right back. Hey, Rico, it's Brian again. I just had to send you one additional thing on A New Hope. There's one line in the audio drama that every time I listen to just makes me bust out laughing. And I wanted to share it with you and the rest of the gang from Trex and Sci-Fi. I'm not sure if you were going to pull this as part of your uh, your whole show, but uh, it's so, so worth it. Hold on one second. Here it is. You must have hidden the plans in that pod. I want the pod located and the plans retrieved. See to it personally, Commander. I want them found even if it means tearing apart bit by bit this miserable speck of a planet, this Tatooine. <laughs> Every time, man, I can't, I just, this Tatooine. Oh, you gotta love it. Oh, these things are so great. 
Listen, everybody's got to go listen to these things. They're just phenomenal. Uh, if you like that, wait till you hear John Lithgow, what I think it's John Lithgow, doing Yoda in Empire Strikes Back. The worst Yoda impersonation ever. I think Hawkeye Meds, with his outrageous British accent, would sound more like Frank Oz than John Lithgow does. But it's really, really good. You get used to it after a while, but it's great stuff. Rico, hey, thanks again for doing the show. Love it. Uh, Keep up the great work. Talk to you later. Oh, you think Yoda does bad voice in Empire? John Lithgow not good? Hmm? (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, I kind of got used to it too, Brian. I I don't know. He didn't seem to bother me as much, but... uh, yeah, thanks for uh, th- this miserable planet Tatooine. You know, it's uh, it- it's his home, uh, or it was his home for for basically his his whole life growing up, Anakin. Uh, so anyway, um, but uh, good stuff. And uh, did I just goof up again? Are this cold medicine killing me. Anakin didn't uh, grow up there, right? Right? Luke did. Duh. Oh my gosh, I gotta I gotta take a break. I'll be right back. Oh, wait a second. What am I talking about? Anakin grew up there for a little bit. Well, until he was like 10 in the pod race thing, right? Oh, my gosh. Sorry about that, folks. I don't know what I'm thinking. Mostly actual real facts here on Treks in Sci-Fi. <laughs> I'm going to take a break. I'll be right back. I just love sci-fi collectibles. Here's Rico now with the latest in cool props and toys. All right. Now, we'll do a collectible quick review here. I haven't done one in a few weeks, I think. And this show is running kind of long anyway, so we're going to be very fast. What I wanted to talk about this time is a, uh, a new little statue that I got. There's a new uh, a line of these. Uh, they're put out by uh, Sideshow, but they're made by, or uh, you can buy them off Sideshow Toys. I'll link it all up in the podcast notes. But they are done by Electric Tiki, and it's an animated uh, little maquette of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They're doing a line of these. They're going to do a Willow one uh, soon in another couple of months. The price point is good. They're only about 80-ish dollars or so. I, and it's they're really cool. It's sort of an animated cartoon-style version in a statue form of Buffy. Uh, she's kind of uh, comes with a, a stake in her hand, although she's got interchangeable hands, a staff in one hand. She's got her typical kind of like red top outfit, black pants, uh, it's very simplistic done, but it's you know again it's an anim- animated style, and I think it fits the character real well. I think there was some kind of a little animated Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV series, although I don't know if it ever aired or not. Uh, uh, but anyway, maybe somebody will write me about that. Uh, but they're uh, they're doing a line of these. They've done other ones. They've done the Munsters. Uh, they've done other. Uh, they did I Dream of Genie, which I have a couple of those. And again, Electric Tiki, they did some uh, Hellboy ones. Hellboy next week. Oh, that's going to be good. Uh, Hellboy 2 movie. But this one, again, is the first in this new line, Electric Tiki, uh, from uh, via Sideshow Toys. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer series uh, of animated little maquettes. It's about, um, I guess she's about six inches or so tall. Not real big, but uh, good for a collectible case. Fits in real nicely. Uh, interchangeable hands, very nice feature, and uh, really well done. I'm not sure what the issue issue size was. I don't think it was very much. Maybe around a thousand. Uh, let me get mine here. Hang on one second. It's just on the shelf. Yes, this is the great thing about live podcasting or sort of live. What does my number here say before I tip it over and break her or something like that? I think it is a thousand. Yeah, I have. Uh, let's see. Yes, I have number one zero two one hundred and two of a thousand. Uh, and she comes, I, I should also mention the base. His base is really nicely done. 
It's kind of a gargoyle-lined piece of stone with wood underneath. Uh, and uh, the paint job and the eyes and the expression are very Buffy-like. If you're a fan of Buffy, pick this up. It's not too expensive, and it's a cool little new line of collectibles. So get in at the ground, uh, ground floor. Well, folks, as we come to the end of this special, uh, slightly different uh, version of Treks in Sci-Fi, I just want to say thanks for listening. Uh, a couple things I, I wanted to mention, just a couple of uh, announcements I didn't mention earlier. Always you can contact the show, treksf at gmail.com. Voicemail line is 206-666-1627. Please send me a voicemail, a comment about a TV show, movie, book, or something that you've read uh, that you want to share with people. Uh, please check out the forums. Just go over to treksinsci-fi.com, click on the forums link, and sign up. We've got some great people, a lot of fun there. RPG games still going strong and, and all that stuff. Podcast Alley votes are always welcome. iTunes reviews are always welcome. I wanted to make sure I mentioned some of this, and I might just make this into some kind of thing I play in the middle of the show. Uh, that would probably make more sense, but, you know, I just never seem to get a time to do that. I'll just put my own version of it on each podcast. Oh, yeah, that's a lot more efficient, Rico. Um, also, uh, there are those daily pick sites. Please check those out. Uh, there's the Trek Daily Pick, and there's the Daily Babe and Hunk uh, Daily Pick. All those links can be found at the main website, treksinsci-fi.com. And again, thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this special uh, radio dramatization of the Star Wars films uh, podcast. I know I did. It was great listening to these again. And, it, you know, I just, Star Wars is just so much fun. It's so emotional and just gets you so fired up. Uh, you know, Trek I love, too. But it's just, you know, Star Wars, there's just something about it that just really hits home sometimes. And uh, I could really use it today, especially with this cold I'm trying to fight off. So it always, it, like Brian said, I think earlier in one of his comments, it still gives me goosebumps when I hear the John Williams music and and, uh, and think about the, the great movies and things George Lucas has given us. So we're going to end the show with uh, the final uh, segment and clip with uh, some credit information in that from Return of the Jedi. Until next time, check the main website out for what will be upcoming on next week's podcast. Probably a Trek episode, but I will announce that. Uh, you can find that information out in the upper, I think, right corner of the main page. So check that out there, and I will talk to everyone again next time. Bye-bye for now. Luke, sorry to hear about your father. Thanks, Lando. But take a deep breath. That's freedom in the air. Come on! The party's starting! Yeah, that's for me. Chewie, grab us a good spot. You ready, Luke? Be right along, Han. Don't be long, brother. Han has to explain how he wants to make you an uncle. What? Hey, hey now, wait a second. Let's go, Han. Uncle? I never said... Well, you never told me that... Nobody mentioned anything Oh, stop worrying. We'll make it up as we go along. Pardon me, Master Luke, but may I ask why you are staring into the darkness? What are you looking at? Not what, 3PO? Who? Don't you see them? Three comrades in arms. Obi-Wan Kenobi, Master Yoda, and Anakin Skywalker. My photoreceptors must be malfunctioning, sir. I don't see anything. But they're here. Their fire is back in the universe. Let it burn, high and bright. To be seen by friend and foe, the Jedi have returned.
Star Wars Return of the Jedi by Brian Daly. Based on characters and situations created by George Lucas and on the screenplay by Lawrence Kasdan and George Lucas. Featured in the cast were Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, David Burney as Anakin Skywalker, Joshua Farden as Luke Skywalker, Ari Gross as Lando Calrissian, Paul Hecht as the Emperor, Perry King as Han Solo, John Matthews as Wedge, Brock Peters as Darth Vader, Mark Adair Rios as Admiral Akbar, Anne Sachs as Princess Leia, and Tom Virtue as Major Derlin. Also heard in the series were Samantha Bennett, Ian Gomez, Rick Hall, Andy Hawks, Sherman Howard, Carl Johnson, John Capelos, Ron LaPaz, Joe Liss, Paul Mercier, Stephen Petrarca, Jonathan Penner, Gil Siegel, Nia Vardalis, and Ron West. This is Ken Hiller. Star Wars Return of the Jedi was directed by John Madden and produced by Tom Vagley. The co-producer was Julie Hartley. Sound design for Lucasfilm by Ben Burt. Music by John Williams. Post-production was realized with assistance from Tom Mudge and John Scherf by Tom Vagley. Visit the Treks and Sci-Fi website at www.treksinsci-fi.com. This has been a Rico Dostin production. All right, visitors.